Friday night. Let's make it quick. Combination. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Combos Court, and I am Combo. It's episode 161. If you didn't know, let me know how you feel about the show. Right in the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combos Court and share this episode with a friend via social media or word of mouth. I would greatly appreciate it. Today's show, Shane Young, NBA analyst for Forbes Sports, joins in a great conversation with Shane. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. You could find Shane on Twitter at YoungNBA. That's Y-O-U-N-G-N-B-A. You know you could find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Shane Young, Forbes Sports. Welcome to Combos Court, man. How are you feeling today? I'm great. Uh, just kind of, you know, having these basketball withdrawals because, you know, I, I was actually looking. It's funny how Instagram and Facebook shows you your your memories and stuff like that. And one year ago, this weekend, I was in Houston, Texas, covering Rockets Warriors. And that was like one of the best playoff series of the last decade. And it's like now we have nothing to look forward to in that regard. Yeah, I think – so if you, if you look at the what ifs, obviously if LeBron would win a championship was one of the what ifs, but another what if would be how Houston would look in this playoffs. Like that's really what I wanted to see, you know? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Like, like I think that's the probably, you know, it sucks for them. It's the biggest uh, negative effect of this is that we don't even get the chance to see how these, these post trade deadline deals. I mean, we don't get to see how, how Harden and Russ look in the playoffs whenever team Dallin on the, the small ball uh, offensive units. And we also don't get to see how Marcus Moore senior helps out the Clippers because they were running into great form with, you know, the league's best point differential post the all-star break. So it, we don't get to see how all that pans out. And and I think the fans to your point, like the fans don't get to see if LeBron and Anthony Davis can ride that momentum wave. They were, they had, I think a lot of people want to crown them as champions because they beat Milwaukee and LA, the Clippers and back-to-back, you know, games. And it's like, the world doesn't work that way, man. Yet we don't know who would have won. We have we have no idea. And also, the Clippers made that move like just for this season, pretty much. I think. I mean, that wasn't like a long term yeah. decision, you know. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, crazy man. Um, I mean, I know you study trends a lot. You think we'll ever get back to the dominant big man if maybe a transcendent player, or if there's a rule change, or you feel like this will be the wave for a long time coming? Man, and and it, I I appreciate you saying that. I, I really do think that that we're going to ride this out um, for the next five plus years, the, this trend of small ball, um, you know, three point line dominates all. But also I think, I think people might be a little bit using hyperbole and, and over, over exaggerating the shift here, because although there are 80,000 threes taken in a season across the entire NBA, which comes out to, I think like 40 per team, you know, 33 right. around there per team, it's a lot. And that could turn – that could be like a huge turnoff to a lot of viewers. And sometimes it's myself. You know, sometimes if I'm watching, especially a bad team, Andrew, like especially a bad team that 
that has no business jacking those threes, but they just do it because their coach and their front office has mandated that this is just a smarter way to play. And eventually you're going to get better at these three pointers. So you might as well put the, put the trend and put the practice in now on top of, on top of that. I mean, for the history of the NBA teams have always copied the best team. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we saw that with Phoenix, Uh, Phoenix was just a copy, uh, you know, I would say a hyper extensive copy of Don Nelson's warriors. And then the warriors were just a, the, the current warriors, I should say, were just a, copy of the Suns because Steve Kerr was the GM of the Suns. <laughs> so right. I mean like you know that that is just how things go in this league. And then like we see teams copying the Spurs beautiful game 2014 passing. You know, we saw that copied a little bit. Uh and I think Houston might be you know they deserve some credit. They're they're the only teams that have really said we're gonna go all in on this method, even though it has not worked in our favor yet. We're still gonna do it because mathematically it's just the most logical thing. But to your original question, sorry, I, I think to your original question with the big man, I think that it might be just a little bit over-exaggerated because we still have dominant, and I mean dominant post guys out there that mm-hmm. also have other skills to do other things. And I think Joel Embiid of Philadelphia is a pr- perfect example of that. I mean, this guy, he's not as good as Akeem Olajuwon, but it's probably the, the closest resemblance we're going to see to one. Uh, you know, because I mean, Akeem never really stretched out his game, right? Never stretched out beyond the free throw line, to my memory. And yeah. and then you know, Carl Malone was always taking mid range jumpers, and Malone maybe didn't have the same footwork as uh, Akeem Olajuwon, but 100%. I think Embiid, yeah, Embiid has the probably the best mixture and combination. As with Shaq, Shaq is probably the most dominant player in NBA history, right? Um, right. Just in terms of sheer dominance on the low block, we're never going to see that again. And you know the reason the reason to that answer is because we'll never see a 350 pounder like that again, right? Like we'll never see someone with that size and girth down there just trying to bulldoze his way. Um, so I think we will see guys like Joel Embiid and Carl Towns actually has a pretty smooth post game, although he doesn't really gain ground going towards the basket. <laughs> it's more of like a like a post fade type of thing, KG. Yeah. Um, but what, what do you think about it? I'm, I'm curious what. What style do you prefer to watch? I love the, the current NBA because of the, the dynamic guard play. But I wanted to talk uh, to your point about uh, Akeem because I think he would have trans- his game would have translated so well to this era because he had such great footwork and he had great touch. And I think he would have oh, yeah. stretched out to three in this era. Do you feel that way? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think that he would at least try to take threes. It would be one of the situations with – I think it would be a situation with like Embiid or DeAndre Ayton to where they're not necessarily like – told to and they don't really want to but they understand that for offense to flow for their guards you know for a for a Kenny Smith how it was in Houston or for for someone like that um Ben Simmons even to stretch it out for them to drive they would have to take some threes and and uh also like I love the point you made about the footwork because of this like how many defenders do you see these days that just don't have the fundamental wherewithal to stay down right to to just be calm and be patient on the block and not jump at every little move. And Akeem was the god at that stuff. He would have taken 10 free throws a game. He, heck, he might have done that in his, in his heyday. I'm not, I haven't looked at the numbers in, in a long time, but I guarantee you he would take at least two or three more free throws per game in this, in this era. His game would have translated. Um, Cat's yeah. one of the better shooting big men we've probably ever seen. I mean, oh, yeah. I guess people might say he lacks intangibles, but – 
as a shooter, he's he's great. You know, and and it's funny. Like, where do you stand on that? Because I I think when people throw out that, uh, and I'm not saying you did. I, I just people in general, like when people throw it out there that he doesn't have the heart to win, or he doesn't he doesn't have that mental fortitude to to battle through the you know through a bad situation. Well, it's kind of hard to whenever you're with the worst franchise in American pro sports history. Right, it's it's kind of hard to whenever like Minnesota has the worst winning percentage of any team ever. It's just hard. You there, you can't bounce back. They they've had one good year, man, one good year, and that was because they had the right guys with the right coach, and it was just although Tibbs rub Tom Thibodeau rub people the wrong way, um, they made the playoffs. It's their only playoff uh, appearance since what oh four oh five, right? Somewhere around there. I mean, yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, you didn't give him an opportunity with a good enough team for him to even show if he has that killer mentality, if you will. And people overuse the killer mentality thing, like like when they say LeBron was didn't have a killer mentality or Scottie yeah. Pippen didn't have a killer mentality. He was soft. <laughs> I'm like, do you really watch these guys play? Like, <laughs> I know. I think the. I think that's the. And you know, Kobe is my favorite player of all time. So yes. So I can understand that. Like, I can understand why people. Uh, have thrown that term around so much because he, you know, maybe this, maybe he shouldn't have been doing this, but in every interview he gave from like 2007 to 2013 was just about, you know, having the will, having the heart, having the drive. And right. that's the which only he, reason. Which he definitely the, did. Yeah. Know? Like the only reason to have the five titles, you don't get the five titles without the heart and the will. And that's true, but also like you need talent. <laughs> that, that's right. also true. Like you need Pau Gasol, you need, Eric Fisher, you need Shaq, right? So right, Kobe definitely had the killer mentality. And I was watching LeBron oh, yeah. play. I was watching LeBron play against the uh, Pistons. I mean, he had a killer mentality. He just didn't have a good enough yeah. team. Like those oh, two thousand seven. Yeah, those Pistons were so deep. Oh yeah, I mean that that Pistons team. Like you know, Rip Hamilton. I always tell people. I, I know you watched Rip Hamilton back in the day. Yes, like, yes. if you want to study just what to do, like I think any shooting guard that's coming up in the league should study him and not. And, you know, they're going to see him taking a lot of mid-rangers, and maybe yeah. that's – yeah, I love the mid-range. Also, I mean, I, the other day someone tweeted out, um, what's your five favorite players if you had to build a position, you know, team by all five positions, and most of mine were mid-range gunners. And, you know, I just love mid-range, but also understand you have – you shouldn't be jacking them in, unless you're really, really, really good at them. Like Chris Middleton yeah. probably gets the – probably gets the green light no matter what because this guy's like 50% from the mid-range. And Chris Paul, like, you're never going to tell Chris Paul not to take a mid-range jumper. And that – Houston did, but also he he said, screw that. I'm still going to take him. <laughs> Speaking of Chris Paul, they're saying he could go to the Knicks. Um, I don't what? know if that's <laughs> – yeah, I don't know if that's a real rumor. But, you know, his contract seemed almost untradeable, but then he had such a great year this season. And what impressed me most about Chris Paul, which is kind of funny, um, that All-Star game, man, when he oh, was yeah. – when, when there was like 10 of the best players in the world playing as hard yeah. as they could and like Chris Paul looked like one of the best players – like that impressed me a lot, you know. Oh yeah, man. Like I think that that's that's so true. Like if these guys, even though they're 34, 33 years old, yeah. people also have to understand that I think our brains are now programmed to think, oh, well, that means he's a geezer. He's not going to be able to contend in today's modern NBA. Well, think about it. Modern medicine's better. And Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Ron Harper, all these guys, I just named that cuz obviously this is time for the last dance Bulls right. stuff. Um, right. those guys were winning championships at 33, 34, 35. Yeah. So like, 
that it doesn't it should not mean you're at the end of the line i think uh lebron's probably going to be that that guy that we get spoiled with he's going to be 45 years old still out here doing stuff <laughs> most definitely and i wasn't as high on chris paul as others but he really showed me See, a lot. I am. no i know <laughs> yeah, i saw like- i saw on twitter i saw and i saw that you're a little bit higher on Kawhi than others oh yeah i See, I have to be full, fully transparent here. I'm only 25, so, like, okay. I, I can't – and that's what I hate. Like, whenever people say, uh, you know, you you can't be the judge of this. You weren't even around during that era. I agree. Well, if you study, I, the, fi- well, if you study the film enough, I mean, yeah, it, is di- fully, it, is di- yeah. it is different than living in it. But yeah, I know a lot of young I, guys that really know a lot because they just study it, and there's so much access with the internet now, more than we oh, yeah, and you Because you I'm a little bit older full, than you, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, you can even find full games. Like you, you might 100%. not be able to find all the games that you want to. You like if I want to watch Chris Ball 2008 against the Spurs, I, yeah. I can't find the full games. But I mean, heck, you can find a lot of it. And I think just that, by you saying that, I know you were looking for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> because honestly, like people are going to point to the people always have pointed to the fact that a he can't get to the finals and b he can't get to the conference finals. Well, if you go back and watch that Spurs series, they were up three one, or I think. It's either three one or three two. I think they were up three two against San Antonio in two thousand eight, and they just crapped the bed. I mean, it New Orleans. It wasn't even Chris Paul. Chris Paul had like a thirty point triple double in in one of the last games, and it was there was nothing else he could have done. Because I mean, David West was playing, but yeah, Tyson Chandler. But it's just not these scores like San Antonio had, and these these defenders that San Antonio had. So I think people don't acknowledge the the conference difficulty because. If you put Chris Paul in the Eastern Conference at some point uh, from 2005 to 2015, I just named out the Clippers years, you know, 15, 16, right. 17. Right. He's going to make the conference finals. He's going to make the NBA finals. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not confident in that in that finals pick because considering LeBron James was over there. But I mean, you saw what that 17, 18 Rockets team was doing: 65 wins. Um, yeah, clicking on all cylinders until they got to the Warriors series, and then they were up three two, and he got hurt. Put them in the Eastern Conference; they absolutely blitzed the Cavaliers that year. It, you know that that Cavs team was was bad. At J.R. Smith, George Hill, Tristan Thompson, all those guys. I mean, it was just bad. And it's funny just, though, LeBron LeBron had worse teams than that and brought them to the finals. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's just a freaking nature. But like, yeah. I think the point is that like that's why I have Chris Paul so high is that. I'm a big analytics fan and you know, I'm not, it's not the end all be all. I, I wish people would quit. I wish analytics people uh, specifically would quit trying to make it the end all be all because then that gives us a bad name. Correct. Like, I, yeah, I but I, I feel just, like everybody that's into analytics says exactly what you're saying right now. Like I never met the right. guy. I never met the guy that's like, you know, not saying what you're saying right now. That's into analytics. You know, <laughs> yeah, there there are some that are they're they're kind of have like a sour attitude online, but but if you talk to them like we are now, you know, you know, one on one, then they would be more um, balanced about it. But there are some right. that just you know will not will not see, will not listen to your argument if you're just the strictly the eye test guy. But uh, I think analytics favor Chris Paul, favor all these guys a lot, and, and I think he's a top twenty player of all time just just from the sheer ability right the achievements i understand like i'm not a fool i understand he doesn't have the achievements like um maybe a julius irving or maybe a Dwayne wade or charles barkley do you think he could raise the floor of a team as much as jason kidd can absolutely no question in my mind i and and, you know he's not gonna have that that rebounding and and you know 
coast to coast magic that that Jason Kidd was probably is probably the best at going grabbing the ball and making something out of nothing in the full court. I right. think. Right. And maybe maybe outside of Magic Johnson, that's it. And I think that Chris Paul is just probably the best half court genius out of all these point guards. Now he might not raise your floor to the level of LeBron or or Steph Curry currently, or um, let's just say like Kevin Durant or someone like that. But like he's going to raise the ceiling because he's not going to just he's not going to go out here and make a, a bizarre move in the clutch. And and he's done that once in his career in yeah. Oklahoma City. Uh, it was a uh, Clippers and Thunder game five, 2014. And like that, that somehow he's the only one outside of LeBron that probably gets all these black marks just attached to his career. But what about the good he's done? Right? Like we can't just focus on the bad that, that's happened. You know, what just dawned on me. I think if Joel Embiid could hit threes, he would be like a great <laughs> fit for the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. Like you're talking about Chris Paul. Yeah. yeah. Chris Paul. Like, cause yeah. he, they need somebody who could like set the table, you know? I, it just, oh my gosh! It just, it just came to my head right now. Like I never thought of that before, but I just thought yeah. of it right now. So that that would have been on the table had they not paid everyone. Like had they not given Al four years, four years, a uh, hundred million, I think it was, and then uh, they would have Tobias been dangerous. Harris, yeah, Tobias Harris, five years, uh, hundred and sixty, hundred seventy million. I mean that those yeah. contracts just killed their their ability to do anything. But yeah, it would have been dangerous. I would have, I would have easily picked Philly to to go to the finals. Oh, I, mean, I had Philly. I, I had Philly like this before the season. I had Philly and Lakers. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Well, I had Philly Clippers, but yeah, I think we both agreed that, that we both agree here that that Philly heading into the season had the best roster construction. Right, um, right, right. We didn't. We. I don't know about you, but I didn't like what Milwaukee. I didn't like Milwaukee's summer. And then of course they come back and say, "Oh, well, watch this." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm never, and everybody knows this. I probably say this almost every episode. I'm not as high on Giannis as everybody else, or the Bucks as everybody else, even though yeah. they had a super great season. And uh, Giannis is playing great, so. But yeah, I, I'm not really. I mean, I, I think people need to pump the brakes on claiming him like a instant top ten of all time guy. I, I think. Oh, I mean, need to, yeah, yeah, no, they need they they need to pump the brakes on pump the brakes on him being the best player in the league because to me there's like four <laughs> or five guys better than him. See, that, that's where me and you could really get going here, and I think that. I think that he's earned the right, um, not through the playoffs. I fully, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and lose an argument on that because I'm, I'm, I'm going to submit. <laughs> I'll submit to you on the playoff argument because he hasn't that's, done anything. But that's huge. Yeah, you he hasn't done anything. You got to prove that. And yes, he's he's yeah. very schemable. Yeah, th- th- that's true. He's schemable in half court settings, and we saw that in the in the Toronto series. Uh, you know, I, I say that, but then think about it. They're up two zero with the with a yeah. very, very good chance of being up 3-0 had, had, a, had a bounce win, went their way or, you know, Kawhi just not been better, right? Like, like had something gone right for them, they would be up 3-0 in that series and then it's all but over. And so I think that Giannis has earned the right to be second or third in the league. So I let me give you think, a few guys. So let me give – so you, yeah. you, LeBron is better than him. We agree, right? Overall. Overall, okay. yes, because cause it depends on how you want to frame it, man. Like, if you want to say, who who would you take right now in the regular season? I'm taking Giannis. But if you want to say, who's going to take who, – who do you want for the championship? I'm taking LeBron. Playoff so, LeBron is I mean? a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so, so I, Kawhi, right? I know you like Kawhi. You're a Kawhi guy. Kawhi is the best player in the league from start to finish. He's the best player in the league. Okay. Well, I, I, dis- I disagree. I got LeBron, but you have him over Giannis. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Anthony Davis? 
I don't think so because I think that AD falls into – and now I'm curious – I want to hear your thoughts on AD because I, I think that he falls into a trap of thinking that he is this guy that can be a turnaround jump shot guy and instead of asserting his will all the time. And I think that he can't win you a bona fide tough play, playoff series. I don't, I don't think he can do that. I think he's very adept at with quick hitters when he wants to be. So you're right. Like I don't want to see him – being the guy with the basketball in his hands in the post, pounding it. But he does yeah. have that ability. I want, I want to see – you know, LeBron won't, won't let that happen, though. Like, so yeah, he has right. LeBron that's on why, That's why the Lakers are dangerous because they, they have someone that can be their yeah. best player. I'm talking about AD. They have someone that can be their best player from minute one to minute 45. And then if LeBron says, okay, let's get something going, let's get a pick and roll where the defense is going to collapse on AD, and guess right. what? KCP is wide open in the corner. I think that's what LeBron is, is adept at. Um, but but with AD, just on his own, like in New Orleans or something like that, with, with Drew Holiday, I don't think he's earned the right to be in this top three. I, I, I just think Giannis is a better player than AD, and maybe maybe we differ there. But I think Giannis would, would, is a better defender overall and a better, uh, a better scorer to me. Is, is he a better basketball player than James Harden? Man, oh, then it's funny that they're feuding too. It's funny that they are. Uh, they <laughs> I think they made up or something, didn't they? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not, not really into the uh, Twitter gossip stuff too, too much, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, gun, gun to my head, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Giannis on my team. I, I just think that he cares a little bit more um, about both sides, and I know that's probably the biggest cliche. Like, you don't play defense, you can't be good. Now that's total BS because James Harden has revolutionized the sport to some degree with Steph Curry. And Harden 100%. doesn't necessarily – he doesn't necessarily care or put a lot of effort on defense. And that's because he has a lot of responsibility to, to, to run pick and roll. He's, he has he's a actually lot of an underrated post defender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, his yeah. numbers – Daryl Morey will throw his numbers at you left and right about post, post defense. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. He's not bad. He got a yeah. low center of gravity. He's not bad. So okay. what would you – yeah, if you had a neutral, neutral teammate. So let's just say it's uh, – let's say it's the same supporting cast as the Lakers. So let's take the Lakers supporting cast because you don't want to say the Rockets supporting cast because that's tailored to Harden. And you right. don't want to say the, the Bucks supporting cast because it's tailored to Giannis. So let's say the Lakers supporting cast, you have to pick either Harden or Giannis to take you through the playoffs. Who are you taking? Wait, wait, LeBron is gone? Yes. Yeah, so let's, let's eliminate LeBron and eliminate AAD. So let's say, let's say the supporting cast of the Lakers, okay? And you have to wow. take – Harden or Giannis because I think that neutralizes it a little bit because 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 if you give me Milwaukee supporting cast I think well, Giannis is perfect for that right yeah I don't think I don't well first of all I don't think either of those teams win if you take away AD or LeBron <laughs> but right. um yeah I would take Harden yeah, yeah like his, a, yeah. he could just he could get 40 50 you know it's yeah that's true he can win you games but can he win you a series no no but that, neither yeah. Giannis wouldn't win with that team either yeah you're right I mean, LeBron make, them, yeah. LeBron makes them look so much better, you yeah. know. Yeah, they don't have a they don't have enough shooting. I don't, I don't think the Lakers have enough shooting. That my hot take on the season has been the Lakers are playing over their heads, and we might disagree here too. Like, I think they're good. I think they're great. I think they're probably the second best team in the West. But I, I, I think they've been playing a little bit over their heads, and I think they're more, more like a fifty-seven, fifty-six win team than this sixty-four win juggernaut that we're, you know. I, yeah. I think the Clippers are 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 just head and shoulders um, from player one to player 
nine better. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah, necessarily just because you're deeper. I mean, it doesn't mean you're better. And this yeah. was my take before, way before the season, that I think Danny Green would have been the X factor in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Oh if my! I'm, like if, if, if he's if making threes, were, yeah. If defenses were helping off of him. I mean, good yeah. luck because because even though he was he was having a, quite a bit of a slump in that Milwaukee series. I mean, you barely saw Danny Green do anything, right? Um, still. I mean, if LeBron is is causing guys to just freak out defensively, guess what? Somebody's going to be open. And heck, it might it might be Avery Bradley. And and Bradley had a good game against the Clippers in that March eighth game. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know if you remember that. He yeah, like yeah I do. I do. Threes. Yeah, I don't think that. I think what the problem with and here's my big. I'm going to go on a rant. <laughs> my biggest problem with fans these days. I would say just the average viewer is that they see something happen and they think that it's automatically going to replicate three or four times, right? Like they, they think that, Oh, just because that happened, then that's exactly what's going to happen in a couple months. Well, to your and, point, and, the Clipper, the Clippers won a few and that's what people were thinking, right? They yeah, won a few against yes, the Lakers. That, yeah. That's point. right. Yeah. Uh, well, go it's ahead. Just, I, I think people need to see that like, okay, regular season ball and playoff ball, just different stuff goes on. And, and heck, I mean, like, Bradley could just go on a cold streak and, and, and maybe, maybe Marcus Moore senior does nothing for them in the playoffs. Right. So I think it's all going to be come down to a superstar type battlefield. And Paul, you know, that's what kind of scares me about the Clippers. I mean, we, we haven't even mentioned Paul George. Do you think oh, Paul George is a, a little bit overrated uh, when it comes to being a game changer or not? Absolutely not. I don't think he's not? overrated. Okay. No, I like me Paul neither. George. I like Paul George a lot. Like I'm yeah. higher on him than many others are. <laughs> yeah, I wrote about. I wrote extensively. About yeah, TV I saw you I, wrote on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's times where he's not as good as he can be, but we saw yeah. in OKC how good he can be. He yeah. really doesn't have too many weaknesses, you know. Yeah, B- bingo. And I kind of, I kind of mentioned that when I wrote it. I, I was like, name me the time that Paul George has played on the team because he got drafted in 2010. But and he Pacers. just seems like I don't know. I don't know him personally. He just seems like a cool dude to play with. Oh my gosh! Right? He, he's careless. <laughs> In the video breakdowns that I did, I was just like, name me another superstar. Name me another uh, guy that's getting max money that is okay with chilling out in the corner. That's pretty awesome to me. Like, because yeah. most of these guys, I mean, would, would Harden be okay doing that? Would, would Russell Westbrook be okay doing that? Like, I mean, Chris Paul wasn't okay with doing it. You're <laughs> You're right. So it, it goes to their, it goes to their uh, mentalities. And he, to me, he, that's a knock. That's also a plus and a, and a minus for him because you want to see PG get aggressive whenever stuff's on the line, whenever it's the big time moments and, and that we haven't really seen that yet. Um, 2013, 14, we kind of saw it with the Pacers making that deep run um, against Miami, but heck, he, he was still 23 years old, man. Like I'm, if I'm, if I'm 23 years old, I'm not thinking about going to the Eastern Conference finals. I'm thinking about still improving my game. That That's, that's a hard task. Uh, so I think that it's also, it's, it's great that he has the personality to just defer he can just say, "Okay, Kawhi, go do your stuff, and and I'll I'll just come off screens, man. I'll I'll, I'll come off like double staggered screens on this left side. Just just do your stuff, and I'll be fine." No, I definitely see where you're coming from. The thing with the Clippers, before I want to move on to some MJ stuff right after this, yeah. but the thing with the Clippers is that they're gonna have to flip a switch for them to win in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I, well, actually, you know, with this whole pause, uh, this might this point might <laughs> not matter as much. But, you know, the Lakers are, were already playing, like, championship-level basketball. Yeah. So, um, I think they'll get back to that pretty quick if the season resumes. Uh, yeah, we can actually get to that real quick. I mean, what do you make of the media <laughs> coverage right now with the bubble and the NBA coming back? Uh, what's your biggest 
what's your biggest takeaway from that, from the media? Uh, my, of it? my biggest takeaway is that uh, I, I don't like this. I, I don't know about you, man, but uh, I think people need to need to calm down a little bit on trying to return back to normal. I, I'm the, you know, we're all huge basketball enthusiasts. We all want to see the game played right now. Like, there's not one person that's sitting at home on May 3rd saying, "Man, I'm glad there's not playoff basketball on." Right? So we 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 want to see it tonight, but at the same time, like, wh- why are we trying to hurry up whenever, whenever all it's going to take to ruin this situation? is if one other player catches it. If another player catches it and then we find out that, that we're trying to resume play and it can be possibly be spread, Adam Silver is going to shut this down immediately. So oh, let's, ta- let's, let, let's take the time to, to wait it out a little bit. And it's okay if we don't get back to – like if we launch the playoffs on like July 5th or July 4th or something, that's fine. We, we, don't, have to, we don't have to get it done June 1st. So we can – we can wait it out a little bit, and I do want to see a champion crowned. I don't want to see this this season being like an, an asterisk season where Milwaukee has the best record, but LeBron's on the on the team that ha- that was the hottest, right? Like I don't want anything throughout history going to be spoiled. So let, let, let's just wait it out, and it's okay if we don't get a champion crown until August. I'm fine. What about you? Right, but the thing is, though, the NBA has to take the approach of being very aggressive. Yeah, because if there's a chance that things turn for the best in this country, they got to be ready. And I guess the media is feeding off that. Yeah, true. The coverage is like, you know, you you hear one thing one day, like uh, this optimism that the season could return. Because nobody knows. The thing is, nobody knows, Shane. (laughs) Yeah, nobody. Adam Silver is on television telling people, look, don't come to me May 1st because I'm not going to know. And then yet. Everyone's like, well, well, what's going on? What's going on? No one knows, man. Like, uh, Brian Windhorst, I, I kind of like I, – I really do like Brian Windhorst because he he kind of just sets the record straight, and he lets people know. He doesn't care if he's being pessimistic or not. He lets people know, like, we're nowhere close yet. And when we are yeah. close, you'll know. Don't worry. You'll get a notification sent to your phone. Like, we'll know. <laughs> man, crazy times. I know uh, you don't know, but I wanted to ask you this. One year from today uh, – before we get to the MJ topic, one year from today, right, do you yeah. think – will look back at this as a blip or things have, will be drastically changed in everything we do. Unfortunately. And I say, unfortunately, cause I, I I'm, I'm kind of this person that doesn't like change when it comes to, when it comes to my everyday schedule, like, or everyday, like every year type thing, I don't want, I don't want big change. And, and I, I love the NBA schedule the way it was. I love it. I no, mean, I meant, no Shane, I, I meant in life. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like like with the season re- resembling. No, like or, do or, things, oh, okay. do things when we look back, we'll be like, oh. wow, this changed things forever, or this was just oh, a blip. Okay. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a, like if, if, you know, it's easy for me to say because where I live, we don't we don't have as much cases as like other places. Yeah, I'm in, New, I'm in New York, suffering. by the way. Oh, man. Yeah, Dude, yeah, that, yeah. So for, I, I think that it's going to be a blimp for, for most people um, that, and you know you already see that in terms of florida and all these places that want to reopen georgia like like why are you trying to open right now right i I think that it's going to be a blimp for for much of the country but then you're going to have areas including uh globally that this is going to be impactful for the next five to ten years like this this stuff just it it changes families it changes it changes your everyday routines it it changes everything and and i think the the positive impact maybe i don't know if you agree but the positive impact here is that it, we're going to all be safer. We're all going to have safer precautions. We're all going to do things a little bit better yeah. and differently now uh, moving forward, even when this is over. Thoughts and prayers to everyone who's been affected yeah. by COVID for sure. 
Um, yeah, it's crazy because I have a friend who would never shake anybody's hand, and everybody's looking at him like he was normal this whole time, and we were all crazy. <laughs> no, man. Yeah. Uh, but, and, um, and I'm, I will be glad, though. Like, I will be glad to get back to where, like, we can travel and stuff like that, you know, yeah, where, it's, yeah. where it's not like where we're not going to affect people. Like, I, I don't want to travel until it's safe, but, but well, man, definitely. like, it does – going to playoff game there's no better atmosphere than like going to a city for a playoff game right and i've been to i've been to vegas for summer league the past two years Um, that was that's something i'm really interested in and uh, probably won't happen this year you know if we the next time we get it we'll have to meet up next time we yeah yeah, yeah. oh were you out there last few years no i haven't been because i have always i've always covered the finals and the finals is really close like in terms of schedule wise the summer league so i kind of like I've kind of like spent a lot of money going to the finals. <laughs> okay, okay. And, and really, I'm trying to trying to recover in July. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, we'll drop a pot out there in Vegas next time. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. we have. Hopefully, there'll be one soon. Um, but yeah, let's shift. Let's shift to uh, Jalen Rose and Michael Jordan because Jalen Rose. I know you. You know you're big on trends. You you look at numbers a lot. You look at style of play over the years. Jalen yeah. Rose thinks that Jordan would average. I think it was 47. Um, oh my gosh! If I'm not mistaken, uh, he did average 37 for a season. Yeah, so I think it's I'm third pretty, year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he would average 40 uh, in this NBA. I'm not denying that. Uh, well, he, would, he would shoot more threes. Yeah. Um, less to the rim, he wouldn't be as affected by people trying to hurt him. Even though I think that's a little bit overblown too, because I don't think every team played like that. Like there was only yeah. so many New York Knicks and Detroit Pistons and. The Pacers a little bit had the Davis brothers, yeah. but not every team played like that. I think he like, would average 40 about what yeah. say you. So his first, let's say his first, um, I'm going to go with six years. He averaged 33. Okay. First six years, 33. Right. Now I think that with young, with older Jordan, I don't think older Jordan. So I'm talking 96, 97, 98. Now I'm looking at and how much like prime, like, very very young to really athletic MJ average at the free throw line, um, nine point six attempts per game. Now you have to imagine that was with that was when hand checks were actually theirs, and and the the refs still called a lot of fouls. So what you know, imagine what they would call today. So I think right. his driving would be easier. I think his mid range might be a little bit a little bit easier. But then you have to also factor in okay, and I'm not one of these guys that says my my era so the current era because i'm only 25 i'm not one of these guys that says my era is the best that's it period i think there's pros and cons so but i think that this era has a lot more athletic defenders and there's a lot more guys that can that can close out that can contest that can make things a little bit tough right uh but then again you have the refs calling fouls on every single thing you there was no protecting jump shooters back in 1993 you know, I, no protecting shots from, you know, whenever the, uh, a shooter falls to the ground. Uh, now that would be a foul. So I think Jordan would have a little bit of easier time in the mid-range unless we get to where these defenders are taller, like Kevin Durant, you know, these, these type of guys that are just aliens out there. I'm not sure how many aliens were in the NBA like that in, uh, in 1939, you know, around, those, around that time. So I think Jordan might be able to average that. Uh, because Harden already does, and Jordan is just better than Harden. <laughs> right. No, most definitely. And uh, according to the big lead, I'm actually on my phone right now. He said, Jalen said 47.5. So. Oh my gosh. I Maybe, mean, once you, you once think? you get into 40, once you get into 47, man, you're talking about like he has to take threes. That's like, tiring. Yes, he has to take threes. 
And this dude, I think what people don't understand about MJ, not, you know, just anyone in general, is that this dude was averaging 41 minutes a game in his third, fourth year, and, and, and it stayed that way for quite a bit. So nowadays, there is no 41-minute guys, right? Like you see you see uh, Kawhi Leonard, or that's a bad example, but uh, um, James Harden, like he, he's just topping out at 36, 37 minutes. That's it. Right. So, I mean, it, you know, I think you'd have to be playing for a coach that didn't care a coach that just said, go out and do whatever. <laughs> so I think it could, it's doable. Right. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you, what's the funniest thing about NBA Twitter? Oh, NBA Twitter, the funniest thing? I think the funniest thing about it, and I'm not going to use the same answer that I, that I gave the other day where I said uh, how everyone wants to just play hypotheticals. I, I think that's I think I started. Answer. I think I started with you with a what if this uh, – like uh, it was either Houston yeah, or LeBron, but, but whatever. Go ahead. Well, I, I don't mind that one. I mind the yeah. ones that that the fan bases are so like hell bent that it's going to happen no matter what, right? Like the ones that just don't want to listen to reasoning. Like Chris Paul was hurt in 2018. That the, the right. Rockets definitely win the championship, right? Who knows? Um, I think my the, the big the craziest thing about NBA Twitter, uh, if I really had to think about it, is how I, I don't like how rude and 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 how much vitriol is on there. I think that that people aren't allowed to have their own voice and reason without being criticized. And and you know criticism's cool, but not when it's downright hatred and bashing. I think people just don't have a a good sense of understanding of the other person's viewpoint and they don't take the time. That's probably the biggest thing. They don't take the time to understand why does this person think that way? What what has caused this person to think that way? And 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 that just comes with the territory of Twitter because everyone wants their own attention. Everyone wants their own like yeah. platform and, and stuff. So I think if it turned into like a more of a forum discussion type thing and a bunch of, yeah, people just don't want to engage in a lot of responses. So they'll, they'll tweet something and they won't respond to anyone else. They won't even listen to their viewpoints. So yeah. that, that's probably the biggest thing that, that, that actually quite frankly sucks about it. <laughs> On Twitter, I just retweet episodes. I'm more of an Instagram guy, but, you know, learn. That's yeah. what I use Twitter for, me personally. Yeah, I, I think it – and also, I, if we want to spin it into a positive, I think it's great because I can't tell you, Andrew, I, I can't tell you how many times I've learned something that Definitely. I would not have known. I would not have known unless I was following that person on Twitter or unless it got retweeted onto my timeline. And then that's also the beautiful thing is that I, I probably met – if I had to spitball it, I've probably met 50 – the 60 other writers and other, you know, just from traveling that I would not have even known of unless I right. was on Twitter. So that, right. that's awesome because like, I'll go to like, for example, I went to um, San Antonio in January to cover a Spurs and Hawks game. And when I was there, the Spurs PR guy, I met him on Twitter. So he already knew me. And then three or four other writers I was sitting next to, I could engage in conversation with them without it feeling weird. Right. Cause in that first encounter, it does feel weird, but if you already talked on Twitter or Instagram, if you already knew each other, then it, that's just a good starter. So I think meeting people in the, the community has been great. It's just, if you're on there for so long for during all these down periods, like no NBA games, it gets, it gets tiring because you'll, you'll encounter a lot of just rude and hateful people. Right. No, Instagram is definitely more good than bad. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, do. I agree with that. I mean, like, there's, there's only so much you can do on Instagram, so that's what's good about it. <laughs> and, uh, and social media in general, man, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's a blessing. I think Facebook might be the worst of all creation. Well, well Facebook so, is – I love I the – I call it family book. I call it family book because – Right, yeah. My, my, my mom has so. it, you know. My mom has <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. social media is great, of course. But yeah. uh, Shane – This was fun, man. 
Yeah, Shane, you're always welcome back on the show. Uh, where can we find you? Great. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at YoungNBA. And if you just want to read my, I always tell people this because they might not know where to, to find my articles, but I have something coming out tomorrow on the Bucks defense, uh, historically like speaking. Wow. And I think I think uh, the best way to find me on, on there is to just type in Shane Young Forbes or go to my Twitter uh, bio and it's the link is in my bio there. So you can find me there. And uh, Andrew, I will have to invite you on our podcast because we're starting one next month an nba one uh me and two other nba guys um on twitter and i'll, I'll actually message you who they are so you can okay. follow them if you don't already and uh, i'll have to invite you on so we can talk more about maybe mj or maybe uh some of these uh debates that we've had about players i'm ready when you are shane i'm ready when you <laughs> are let's let's make it happen man for sure man i appreciate you having me on <laughs> anytime shane talk soon you too man Thank you for listening to Combo's Court and big shouts to Shane for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, let me know how you feel about the show right in the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court and share this episode with a friend via social media or word of mouth. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already and be on the lookout for episode 162. Combo out.